Get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Come on, St. Louis hockey fans, stand up and cheer. The Blues are back strong. This is our year. It's the Blues turn now. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Yeah, it's the Blues turn now. With that Al McKenna slap shot, you know we can't lose. Let's do that hockey. Come on, St. Louis! All over the hockey universe, the note is the news. Welcome to Season 7, Episode 36 of Let's Go Blues Radio. It is Wednesday, February 20th, 2019. This is Franchise Episode number 169 all time. I'm your host, Kurt Price. Bill Day and Jeff Ponder are with us as well uh, to interact with us or the show on social media. Follow us on Twitter at LGB Radio. Uh, is the show's account? Mine is at Kurt Price. Bill's is at Billy Blue Note, and Jeff's is at J Ponder ninety four. Also follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, and the website is Let's Go Blues um, We may open up the show later if we can manage to wrap up the show at a decent hour this week for the first time in forever. We shall see. Um, please check out the letsgoblues.com shop for t-shirts, mugs, and stickers at uh, letsgoblues.com. And that's it for announcements, except for one more. But uh, you guys, how are you doing? Bill, you good? I'm good. I mean, we just watched the Hawks win, but you're still good? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, they crumbled and then had to redeem themselves. Right. Kind of like the Blues. <laughs> a little bit. And third period yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, too, You're giving away the show, Flu- man. Sorry for those who haven't seen it. <laughs> they were fluky. Jeff, how are you? Oh, you know, just peachy king. I'm fantastic over here. Uh, you know, I uh, I don't really care too much about the Blackhawks winning. It really doesn't bother me. You know, the, those Blackhawks fans, you got to throw them a bone every now and then. <laughs> yeah, the bone this time is a playoff spot right now, which they're in. As long <laughs> as Colorado right. loses, I think. Or ties. That's crazy to that's crazy to think that they've clawed their way back into the playoffs too. Yeah. They were down and out for a while too. Uh, Kane kind of put them on their back, put them on his back. Yeah, yeah, he, he pulled the O'Reilly. Yeah, they're eleven and two. What Lazarus just tweeted out. That is uh, bonkers. Yeah, not as bonkers as eleven and zero. Now, thanks to who? Winnington. Winnington and Jake O'Reilly. Hey, hey! Didn't Allen have one or two of those wins? Come on, there's, credit. He did. There's no, <clears throat> there's no jingle for for Allen. Oh wait, yes, there is. Uh, where is it? I got one for Allen. <laughs> oh jeez. Here you, we go. You know what I'm talking about? I know what it is. Uh, I, uh, should we vamp? If I can vamp, Bill. Uh, I'm not very good at vamping. Um, I'm not either. Oh, this isn't. I'll do. Kurt doesn't have the right segment playlist up. Never mind. I don't have it. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, it was going to be the Price is Right, wasn't it? It was no. I mean, it could uh, this one, <laughs> but uh, no, 
No, it's uh, the one with uh, the uh, I, I I played. Where is it? Oh well, forget it. Fail. Least professional podcast ever. Fail. It was yeah, it was a good one too. It was that play in the playoff game where Allen's like fumbling the puck and the announcer is like, uh, oh no, Oop, oopsie, oh my gosh, oh my god, oh no, Allen just made a mess of that. And I don't have yeah. the clip. <laughs> would have been kind of funny. That would have been perfect. Ah, oh, damn it. <clears throat> but no, he, he, uh, Allen did get a shutout. He, I, he, he's played, he's played well. Allen's, Allen's been in, good in the role as, uh, two. Uh-huh. Oh not, yeah, not saying one B. I'm saying two. Oh yeah, he's not. He's, he's not even. No. My my goal is to be positive this whole show. Jake Allen has looked good in his last two starts. <laughs> mm. He's looked good in his last handful or more. He's, I mean, for the most part, yes. much, much, it's much. Not, but, it's because it's because he's not getting overworked. Yeah, much better than the start That's of the part season. Of it. Oh my god, much better. I mean, you put, he, he, you put Jake out there, you know. Every third game, even I think he's fine. It, when he's out there every day, that's when you start having problems. I mean, he's no Bennington, but he's but been better. Who is? Who is? Nobody. Not really. Except Bennington. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jeff, um, we didn't. We didn't just, do you want to do your uh, your special announcement now, or you want to? Well, yeah, but if we do it now, that means everyone's just gonna, you know, stop listening after oh. this, right? I mean, <laughs> it, it's <laughs> no, up to I, you. This this was uh, this was your uh, your thing, so you can do it whenever you like. Yeah, let's do it now. That All works. right. So uh, so for a reminder for those of you that uh, watched the show last week and follow us on Facebook and Twitter, we are giving away a Bernie Federko signed book by uh, actually Bernie and Jeremy Rutherford, who had a big part in making this book. My Blues Note. So, uh, very good book. I've read a little bit of it so far. So good. Um, I haven't been able to get through the whole thing yet because uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm just up to the letter R right now. So, in the phone, you read the you read the phone book first. <laughs> That's right. Um, so uh, yeah, we got a giveaway. The giveaway was uh, you like the the post. You find the post that I made on Facebook about this giveaway. You uh, share it, and then you like our page, Let's Go Blues, on Facebook, which I still recommend you do, even if you haven't done it yet and we don't have the giveaway going, uh, because we will be uh, more active on there uh, from here on out, at least through the rest of the season. Um, So our giveaway winner... uh, Actually, I got Max Weinberg in the studio here. Max, can you give me a (laughs) drum roll, please? Our winner is that was quick, Max. Bob <laughs> Rakowski. Bob Rakowski is our big winner. Bob's oh, from, a long time listener of the show. He from Monsters Inc. fame. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Bob Rakowski. Uh, Bob, uh, Bob did a. Uh, he's he's been a part of our been a part of our show before by tweeting in during the show. So, Bob, congratulations! Uh, make sure you message me either on Twitter or on Facebook. Uh, and I will get your address from you. But yeah, congratulations. You are the proud owner of a Bernie Federko My Blues Note signed book. So big, big congrats there. Big round of applause for Bob Rakowski. The sound of one hand clapping. What's that? <laughs> I can make a little bit of noise. I've I got raised, it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, yeah, an all too familiar sound. <laughs> Uh, um, 
Uh, might be the least professional blues podcast out there. Much, much, much less professional than than the the one that the the co-host of the show. We're gonna. What am I trying to say? The, the guest. The, 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 the co-host, uh, the guest of our show, is a co-host of the another blues podcast, hockey podcast. That is much more professional than ours. <laughs> I don't think I don't he know. could get away I, with I don't know. He's, that he's kind of. He's kind of. This guy's kind of dragged down by his co-host, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you phys- say- like physically or just like like talent wise pick one because i mean because his, his co-host is a he's a he's a, he's a strong guy mm. he's a strong guy and he's also a friend of the show so mm-hmm. i'm allowed to say that right you're allowed to say it's a strong guy that's a compliment no. i mean you know what I'm, I'm just gonna leave that alone <laughs> <laughs> we could keep going with that and it could get pretty dirty and we're just we're just gonna let that go um so congratulations uh bob on the on the book that's fantastic even though it it was in just possession first which you know does it come with disinfectant wipes because you can um i've i've kept it in a plastic bag ah and the cover Uh, the jacket is still on it right yes okay yes yes, he's good he's good um let's see official beers of episode 169 uh bill Beer? beer beer yeah oh um mine's like half gone um but uh four hands ah devil's invention I had that it's good it is one of my favorite local coffee stouts mm. it is much better than the coffee stout that i had last week the the maple yes coffee <laughs> that didn't the one work that sounds so well it sounds great sounded work good. out so well uh devil's invention had it a few times um I've had it on tap at Bigelow's in Edwardsville several times. Uh, very good. Very good beer. Uh, salad coffee stout, 7.2 alcohol by volume. Not too much. That's the important number. Right. That's a good number. Right. <clears throat> I mean, I, I broke my streak, I don't know when, uh, of doing po- t- pre- 10, 10, plus. 10 plus. But, yeah, no, this is very good. I'm very happy to be drinking this and sharing it with you all tonight. Well, uh, we're, and we're, it pairs well with chocolate cake, so I brought donuts. Oh, yeah, you, I, oh, I have M and M's over here. Maybe I'll because I mine would. Yeah, okay. <laughs> how is it that I'm? How is it that I'm the fattest one on the panel? You guys are always eating when we do this show. Well, I'm I'm very active. I I run my oh, mouth I, a lot. <laughs> Uh, Jeff, what are you drinking? Hi. Hello. Hey. Oh, um, yes, me. I, first of all, Bob's in the chat, and uh, and he thanks us for uh, for picking him. Bob, we didn't really do preferential treatments. So you don't have to thank us, but... He's, thank, um, he's thanking you for the opportunity. That's true. That's true. It's a good point. I assume. Uh, no, congrats, Bob. We're, uh, we're happy for you, and, and uh, it's cool that somebody who actually participates in the show is able to win, too. So, uh, so very cool for you. Um, so my beer uh, is one that I've never had before. Uh, I have a friend that, uh, a, actually a friend of a friend, who works at the Schlafly, uh, uh, I think Bottle Works, I think is where she works. Uh, so she actually uh, got me the, let's see if I can say all this, the Schlafly Local Oak Ale aged in Missouri with oak tanks from the Ibex Cellar. Uh, it's only 4.5% alcohol per volume, but this might be the smoothest ale I've ever had. Smoother than Bush? Because, 
Well, it's Bush not is pretty like, smooth. It's, Bush. it's Bush. not like water <laughs> and like, you know, a little bit of mix in there. It's it's actual beer. Okay. Hmm. I've had Bush. it. I've, I've had, I think I've had pretty much everything that they've uh, done from the Ibex cellar. I've had a couple. I haven't had everything. It's pretty good. I've enjoyed, uh, I don't think I've had a bad Ibex deal from them. The Gooseberry Goose, uh-huh. my I, favorite. Uh, did I, I think I had a sip of that when maybe you had it here. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Not my favorite. <clears throat> uh, my beer is the uh, one I've had before. Uh, I had it a couple months ago on the show. From Old Bakery Beer in Alton, Illinois. Uh, it's their porter. Nutty. Chocolatey, goody. It's only five point six percent though, Bill, so it can't hold a candle to yours. Yeah, but it is it is it is quite good. So it's uh, and it's a you know if you've never been to Old Bakery, uh, it's an old it, the brewery is an old bakery factory, old bread factory, and uh, it's pretty cool. And their food is amazing. I think I said that before. Their food is really. You, you have not been there, have you? I have not. Yeah, I've not. <laughs> I have all of next week off. And I would like you should to, go. I would should like go. to go to a few different places that I have not gotten to yet. So you should, you should go. That's maybe, maybe that'll be one of my one of the places I go. It's a it's a good place to go for dinner and a and a, a beer or two or ten. Uh, today in blues history, courtesy of the at STL Blues History Twitter account, uh, we only have one today, February twentieth, uh, nineteen seventy five. Glenn Hall rejoined the St. Louis Blues as a consultant and a scout. So uh, then that was 1975. So that's like the Stanowski era of uh, goaltending for the Blues. So he was mm-hmm. uh, a consultant for goaltenders. He was a scout. Um, so I don't know how long he held the position. That was not mentioned. Interesting note here uh, in the story that uh, that STL Blues history always attaches. Uh, this was when uh, it was still the Chicago Black Space Hawks. It was uh, before they combined them into two words. So in the story, it actually reads Chicago Black Hawks. For a English major like me, that is actually an interesting little tidbit. But uh, I think it was 1980 when they changed it to uh, to be one word. Maybe our guests do, will know that better. But yeah, do you know? Uh, before we ask our special guest, uh, Jeff, do you know why they changed it from two words to one? Uh, does that have to do with racism? <laughs> I I, I, do, I do not know. That's interesting. You went that direction, though. Uh, uh, I, I was just curious if you may have known. No, actually, I don't know. So, again, that'll be a, a good question for our guest uh, coming up here in a yeah. couple minutes. Our, uh, and so if, I think if, if he doesn't know, um, I'm sure he's furiously looking it up right now. <laughs> uh, no, actually, if, if he doesn't know, I guarantee you STL Blues history knows. Yeah, uh, or if he doesn't know, he will know very shortly. The guys, yes. that's amazing. Um, yeah, yeah, I know you're listening, STL Blues History. So uh, if we don't answer that question in the next five minutes, yeah. go ahead and let us know what it is. Why did the Blackhawks change their name from Black Space Hawks to Blackhawks One Word? What was the point? Black. How, how about a name like that, Black Space Hawks? <laughs> I <laughs> love it. Pretty sweet. The Black. Sp- <laughs> you know what? That could, that's a nice uh, men's league uh, team name. It has like a, a, a bit of a meaning to it. Yeah. Black Space Hawks. That- if they ever bring back roller hockey international <laughs> black space Hawks. <laughs> I love that. Actually. That's pretty cool. Um, so, uh, we've mentioned this guest a few times. Um, and this guest has been on the show a couple times. And we only say that cause we can't say his name. No, it's, it's like a mystery. <laughs> and like we've, we only tweeted it out. It's not a secret. 
Um, but he is a co-host of the uh, Blue Line podcast with Jeremy Rutherford. He also does some work in the digital content department of The Athletic, and uh, he'll be broadcasting the ACHA, which is the American Collegiate Hockey Association Division I National Tournament, next month in Dallas. That's Dallas, Texas, not Dallas, Oklahoma. I don't know if there's a Dallas, Oklahoma. I just made that up. <laughs> Thank uh, you for the clarification. And he is the official... You are so good on your feet. He is the official, unofficial Blues Twitter gift maker, too. Or just, I guess, Twitter gift maker. Hockey gift maker. Yeah, my I mean, my regular face does a lot of it, but, uh, man, the one she doesn't hit, I know he's all over. It's it's If you're not following him, you need to. Yeah. He's a, it is Cristiano Simonetta. Uh, welcome to the show, sir. How are you? Good. Thank you, guys. And you nailed the pronunciation this time and the spelling <laughs> on Twitter. So you guys are two for two. The third time I'm on the show, and I think we've nailed it. So uh, glad to be back, guys, and hope you've been doing well. We, uh, I, I can't speak for them, but I've been doing fantastic. <laughs> I've been doing fantastic for about 11 games now. <laughs> That's true. That was a nice little segue with the uh, STL Blues history with the Glen Hall, Mr. Goalie, Hawks, Blues kind of thing. And Samantha here, he's he's uh, he's covers the covers covered the Blues and the Hawks, and so he's he's kind of like a the, the go between here for Blues and Hawks fans, right? You know, I'd like to think so. Being from the Chicago suburbs, growing up a St. Louis Blues fan with a family of Hawks fans, it's a little unique. But uh, some bragging rights right now, obviously after the 2016 uh, Western Conference quarterfinals, and now where the Blues are. Uh, surprisingly ahead of the Blackhawks, but the Blackhawks we'll talk about in a little bit. They're making a little bit of a run of their own too. Yeah, that's and we just I, you just came from watching that game, and we've watched the end of it too, and that was Hawks win again. Uh, so before we get into um, uh, professional hockey, the uh, the ACHA tournament you're you're uh, broadcasting in Dallas in March. Um, this is Division One. Uh, which what? How many teams are, are going to be in this uh, tournament and, and uh, any notable team? I know Illinois is in it, correct? Yes, Illinois will be in it. They were in the national championship last year. I had the great opportunity to broadcast their entire run uh, in the playoffs in the national tournament last year. They were destroyed by Adrian in the national championship, but it was still so cool to uh, broadcast as a senior in college at the time. A lot of my friends on that team, I mean the entire team, uh, we grew very close over the four years that I was there. They'll be back, a couple of them that are still there. We had eight seniors graduate from Illinois. Adrian's a powerhouse. Lindenwood with uh, former Blue Rick Zombo, who coaches that team. They've been unstoppable. Um, it's it's going to be a lot of fun and to go to Dallas and for this opportunity again. I'm a broadcaster first. Obviously, people will see my Twitter and think otherwise, but it's always a, a great opportunity and a blessing for me to do those games. So uh, Illinois uh, won this thing in 0405 and 0708, correct? So, they and, did, and so, their current head coach, Nick Fabrini, uh, was uh, a part of those championships, uh, which he loves to tell the players every time he sees them. So. <laughs> what, what, are, what are their what is, what is, uh, Illinois' chances this year in the tournament? How do they look? Well, they, they lost eight seniors from that last year's team, including their captain, their leading scorer, their starting goaltender, who uh, was the MVP, in my opinion, of the tournament, uh, David Heflin. Uh, he's probably listening right now and enjoys the name drop, but he made 57 saves in their quarterfinal game, which was, in my opinion, one of the best performances I've ever seen at that level uh, in that big of a stage. Obviously, in the NHL, we've seen some fantastic goaltending performances, but uh, for, my, for one of my good friends to post those numbers, and now Illinois, they're kind of in that rebuilding phase of college hockey. But the thing about that team last year is that it put Illinois hockey, club hockey, back on the map 
in Champaign, the college, the campus was buzzing. It was like the guys were rock stars. It was pretty incredible to see the impact that they had. And there's been some rumblings of Illinois going NCAA in the next couple of years. So I know they'd have a heck of a program with all the Illinois-born talent that they have, especially in the Midwest, too, with St. Louis could draw some of the prospects from there, too. Uh, Lindenwood, uh, that's a, a university down uh, near us. So mm-hmm. uh, there, And uh, Rick, Rick Zombo is the head coach, right, you said? Yes, he's been there for a very long time, and they are always at the top of uh, the ACHA standings. They beat Illinois in 2009. They lost to Adrian last year, and they were actually the only team or the last team to lose a game this year. I believe they went 16 or 17 games without a loss, either in regulation or overtime. So it was a fantastic start for them, and they've kept it rolling since then too. So what's your what's your schedule? Your broadcasting schedule like? Are you gonna? How many games are you gonna you gonna do? You- uh, I assume I'm gonna do a lot of the games uh, around here. Those teams: Robert Morris, Lindenwood, Iowa State, uh, Illinois, Ohio, because those are the teams that I called for the past four years the most because they all play in the Central States Collegiate Hockey League. Say that four times fast: the CSCHL. Um, but Hopefully, you know, it's tough. It's tough broadcasting any level hockey with the names and the leagues and the divisions and the conferences, but you get used to it. Um, but I'll, I assume, I mean, I don't want to uh, put my foot in my mouth here, but I assume I'll be doing the, the semifinals and the national championship again, like I did last year, which was, uh, like I said, an incredible opportunity. My first year working with the ACHA last year to call that Illinois Adrian national championship. It's a, it's a memory that I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. That's 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 very cool. So, are any games going to be like streamed online, or how's that going to? Yes, every uh, game of the national tournament will be streamed on YouTube, kind of the way you're doing your uh, your show, and you've done it. And like I always say with you guys, you do a heck of a job, and uh, very very glad to be asked back a third time here. I wonder where I rank in terms of uh, guest appearances. <laughs> you're, you're the well, Steve you're Martin of SNL. <laughs> <for our show. laughs> you are definitely ahead of Jeremy Rutherford. There we go. Yeah. Yes. That's all. That's all I aspire to do. Is <laughs> that guy sucks. No, <laughs> wow. That's, uh, he he is never coming on again. Oh, I'll make why sure. I, no, I'll get him I back on. <laughs> so that's cool. I'm I'm gonna we'll have to check out some of those games uh, on 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 the YouTube's. Uh, and that's March, uh, March, late March, right? Is that March? Yes, the twentieth to the twenty fifth. I believe twenty first to the twenty fifth. I'll be in Dallas that whole week, though. Dallas is a nice city. I lived there for a while. It's uh, if you want to hit any good uh, barbecue joints down there, I know a couple. I'll be sliding in your DMs, Jeff. Don't okay. worry. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, so eleven wins in a row for the Blues. Um, as Jeff Ponder would say, they've done a complete three sixty. So <laughs> ma- many have speculated as to what's the difference between this team now uh, compared to the start of the season. Uh, we would like you know your thoughts on. What the catalyst may have been, in your opinion, for the turnaround, was it the players finally buying into Bruce's system? Was it Bartuzzo-Sanford fight in practice? Uh, was it Jordan Bennington's presence in the net? Uh, was it Bruce listening to our show and taking notes? What, 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 in your opinion, uh, from from watching the games as intently as you know, you, I know you do, uh, that is is going on with St. Louis? I think it's actually. Maybe not the reason why in terms of Brube listening to the show. I don't know. We maybe have to get him on the show as well. But definitely all those reasons that you hit on, uh, no pun intended, with Sanford and Bortuzzo, I think that lit a fire under, I think, the team itself, the fact that they were a laughingstock, really, even though we had that scrap with Bacchus and Tarasenko that didn't escalate to the point where it was uh, back, I believe, in 2014, 15. But then 
the coaching change. If they're going seven, nine, and three with Mike Yo, you bring in a guy like Chief Craig Berube, who is as hard nosed as they come, as straightforward as they come, will not sugarcoat it to the players. But as far as catalysts, aside from Berube, who's definitely ushered himself into the Jack Adams race, what what can you say about Jordan Bennington? 13, one and one. The last nine games, 9-0-0, oh, no, I tweeted today. Goals against average of 1.33 and a save percentage of 0.947 with three shutouts. But then you have to turn your attention to that top line. As soon as Bay reunited, well, not really reunited, crafted that line of Tarasenko, Shen, and O'Reilly. Let me run down some stat lines really quick. O'Reilly, 21 points in his last 18 games. Shen, 15 points in his last 14. Tarasenko, 29 in his last 21. That line has been dominant every single time they hit the ice. You saw it in Toronto. Even though Tarasenko didn't get a goal at 5-on-5 last night, he was still a huge factor along with Shannon O'Reilly. But overall, this team's just playing for each other. Me and Jeremy were talking on our podcast so much in the early goings of the season how much of a failure this season was. And the fact that a, a team with a cap hit of over 80 million could be 29th in the NHL was last in the NHL on January 3rd to see the turnaround to see the guys buying in the locker room situation. Apparently that's been hashed out winning solves everything as they say. And the blues have certainly been doing a lot of that with 11 in a row. So you've, you've mentioned the the turnaround and especially of that top line there uh, in Tarasenko is a player to me that looked kind of, I mean, maybe a bad analogy here, but kind of dead in the street there in uh, uh, November and December. What have you noticed in his game? What's been the major turnaround for him personally? I think a lot of it stems from not only him recovering from that offseason shoulder surgery, even though we were all told that Tarasenko's healthy. There's nothing wrong with him. It was kind of like a Todd Gurley situation with the uh, Los Angeles Rams in the Super Bowl. You're like, oh, is Todd Gurley healthy? Is he fully at 100%? Tarasenko did not look 100%. His shot looked so slow compared to his previous seasons that he put up 30-plus goals. But and I also attribute it to Alexander Ovechkin in the Stanley Cup. When he's watching a fellow countryman, not necessarily his friend, I'm not going to act like Ovechkin and Tarasenko are friends. I'm not sure of that relationship. It's not like his and Panarin's. But to watch Alex Ovechkin take over the games in the Stanley Cup playoffs, lead the Capitals to their first Stanley Cup in franchise history. I think Tarasenko wants to be that guy. He's always wanted to be that guy. He's wanted an A. He's wanted a C on his sweater. And he may not get that C on his sweater, but it doesn't matter if you're wearing an A, a C, or whatever. The way that Tarasenko's passion, it's infused throughout his entire game. I think this is the best defensively we've ever seen Vladimir Tarasenko play. He's not taking shifts off like he did in his first couple seasons in the league. He has bought in as much as anybody. Well, I shouldn't say anybody with Ryan O'Reilly having the season that he has. But with Tarasenko lately, he's a man on a mission. And when he's going, you may call him a streaky player due to the, the lulls that he's had in his career. But once he's on, he's on. And he can make a difference night in and night out. So right now... Uh, Blues are in third place in the Central. Six points up on Dallas. Uh, this is all prior to tonight's games. I didn't check the scores and all this stuff. Uh, there's uh, six points behind second place Nashville with three games in hand. So barring a collapse, you know, a first-round matchup with Nashville looks pro- plausible right now. So do you think the Blues, with the games in hand, do you think they, they can catch Nashville, game home ice in the first round, which I think that's a probably a pretty big deal considering how much of a home ice advantage Bridgestone Arena is for for Nashville. So your your thoughts on on the, where the Blues might finish as far as uh, in the Central goes? That's the funny thing about this team, Kurt, is that we don't know where this team's going to be tomorrow. Will they beat Dallas? Will they have this incredible streak? How long will it last? 
will they have peaked too early? That's a lot of the criticism that you've heard from either fans or analysts. This is not sustainable. This type of win streak, this type of play. But the Blues have been playing this way in terms of their five-on-five chances and their ability to ham guys in, puck possession. They've done this for, I think, one or two months now. The results just haven't been there. Maybe some of the bounces haven't gone their way. This team looks built. They look determined. And I don't even think, I know you guys may want to ask me about the trade deadline in a couple minutes here, but I don't really think you need to add too much to this lineup because if it ain't broke, you don't fix it. But this isn't even far from broken. It is as succinct as can be. And against Nashville, it'd be a really mucking and grinding type of series. Those regular season games are always great against the Predators. P.K. Suen was a huge part of that second round series a couple of years ago, but it all have to come on the shoulders of Jordan Bennington. How would he fare? I compared him on our podcast to Andrew Hammond. Andrew Hammond went 21-2 and two with the Ottawa Senators a couple years back. He played the first two playoff games for Ottawa and then was done. Craig Anderson replaced him in the rest of that series. So we may see something like that when Bennington, if the stars are too ripe for him. But I don't even think he knows what stars are since he's a robot. So uh, <laughs> I think he'll be fine. <laughs> I guess his I guess I, his I, temperament is kind of uh, what you probably want uh, in a in a goaltender of his with his experience in the playoffs. He seems very even keel. So, and as a twenty five year old too, it's not like he's a, like a Carter Hart situation right in the league. He has been through the ropes and the ruggedness of the American Hockey League, the East Coast Hockey League, and and you can tell. I mean, he he is as excited as anyone in terms of the long term goal. He does not care about one game his personal accolades. He wants the ultimate goal, which is the Stanley Cup, which is impeccable that we're even talking about those two words with the St. Louis Blues after that ghastly start this year. And with Jordan Bennington and net. I mean, that's, I mean, you know, who, who would have thought that we'd be talking about Stanley Cup finals with a rookie goaltender in that? I don't think anybody, Jeff. And if they did, then they know the next lottery numbers and they know it's like the, the almanac from back to the future kind of thing, because this was so unpredictable for a goaltender who was drafted in the third round in 2011 to finally come on the scene. And it's not like Bennington and his relief appearances looked stellar. Not this year, not the years before. He looked like a skinny kid in net that really couldn't even fill out the equipment. Now he's as confident as can be. And when you watch Jake Allen play, sure, his play's been bumped up because of Bennington, which has been the case for Jake Allen's career. But Bennington never loses his net. There's never a piece of his confidence that seems to be diminished, even after those two goals by Toronto in 31 seconds. I think that game was a real statement for the St. Louis Blues saying, hey, if they can handle some adversity and they can handle if the puck luck isn't there for them and they still grind out these victories, it's going to be uh, a pretty interesting end of the season and into the early part of the playoffs if they get there. So the the Blackhawks, um, Blues arch rival, you, you've covered them, worked with uh, Ed Olchek. Uh, what are your thoughts on them now that they've gone on their tear and they're on the brink of, well, they won tonight, so they're technically, I guess, they're in right now at the moment. Their play and how you think they're going to fare, are they a playoff team? You know, it's funny because I don't think anybody in that wild card race wants to be a playoff team with the way they're playing except for the Chicago Blackhawks. And when you watch Chicago Blackhawks, their defense, they don't have any. It's They beat Ottawa 8-7. to They beat Detroit five to four and cam ward is not as bad as people have been saying that he is colin delia when he's been bad he hasn't been as bad as uh it has really been because of the fact that the blackhawks just don't have defense but at, at the end of the day they remind us a lot of the dallas stars a couple of years ago when they got jason spezza and they had jamie ben and tyler sagan they were putting goals in the back of the net but they couldn't keep pucks out of their net so it was all these high scoring affairs 
But the Blackhawks, when you have Patrick Kane going on a 19-game point streak, and I know a lot of the Blues fans hate him, and trust me, when I was watching the playoff series in 2014 when I was in high school and and just watching Patrick Kane destroy Ryan Miller and Jonathan Taze with that breakaway goal in Game 5, it's, it's a knife in your heart, but you have to respect greatness, and he's really done that. And Jonathan Taze has had a bounce-back year. Alex Dabrinkit, who's become a little bit of a Blues killer, which <laughs> – which worries me on that April 3rd game if there's playoff implications because he's had a couple of, uh, I believe, two hat-tricks against the St. Louis Blues in his career, at least one for sure. And then Dylan Strom, the the Blackhawks traded Nick Schmaltz away, which was seen as a risky move because Strom had not been proven at the NHL level, played with Debrinket with the Iriotas, the Ontario Hockey League. They have been phenomenal. But, it, but I don't know if the Blackhawks are a playoff team, but the Western Conference is not a playoff conference right now in the bottom because I think that the – Last team to get in is projected, which what you need to get into the playoffs, mind you, 85 points, which, of course, can go up and inflate depending on if teams make a run. But the fact that the Ducks are still in the playoff race right yeah, now that's crazy. is it, it's baffling. But you know what they say? If you get in, anything's possible. And I think the L.A. Kings of 2014 have something to say about that. So the trade deadline is on Monday. And uh, so predictions from Cristiano, do you think – the Blues will – do you think they will make a move of some kind? Do you want the Blues to make a move? Do they need to make a move? You touched on it a little bit already. Uh, but uh, do you think they will make a move? A lot of people – sorry, a lot, a lot of people might think they might not need to make a move, which is a valid point. But do you think they will make a move? I think if it makes sense for both sides and it's, a, and it's not a rental-type move, I think the Blues will make it if they can possibly get someone on the back end because when it comes to their forward groups, I don't know how you break up any of those four lines. I, I know there's been criticism with Steen. He's got four points in his last four games, or at least points in his last four games, and maybe you move out Sanford uh, when David Perron comes back, if he comes back from that upper body injury. And where does Steen go? Do you ever get, get to see Robbie Fabry again? Will he continue to play with the St. Louis Blues beyond this season? We don't know any of that stuff. Doug Armstrong has been very, very uh, hush on that. But I really don't think this team needs anything because this is the team that they were supposed to have, right? When you came in in August and they had that big uh, grand entrance in Ballpark Village about uh, the introductions of the offseason acquisitions with Tyler Bozak, O'Reilly, Maroon, this was a team – that is supposed to be where they are right now. It didn't start that way, sure, but I joked again a couple of weeks ago that this is how – it's like they traded for those guys right now, and now you're seeing that impact from Ryan O'Reilly. Bozak's been chipping in. Maroon has been a puck possession machine in the past couple of games. So if, if you have to ask me, will the Blues make a move? I'm not sure. Anything's possible, especially with some trades that Peter Shirelli's made in the past couple of years. But Doug Armstrong is not Peter Shirelli. He is very composed. He's very technical. And look. A lot of people were calling for the leadership core of the Blues to be traded. Doug Armstrong stuck to his guns, was patient, and look where they are now. And plus they'll be getting Prawn back, I, you'd hope, soon. Which is like a trade, right? Which is like making a trade, right. Um, oh it's so, so funny how St. Louis people make that joke constantly. <laughs> and, and, you've and it's got, funny every time. And you've got, you've got a Fabry that you could use and plug in at some point. So, I Who mean, looked good, I thought, uh, yeah, yeah. last game that he was in. So he, he's definitely got a, a different element to this team that, that may be lacking if they face a faster team, like like we saw Kapanen and Nylander come against the Blues uh last night in Toronto, or against Toronto. Yeah, I think this team is is, is quite deep. Uh, I, there was an article that was written uh, what, a couple weeks ago or something uh, that said that the Blues weren't very deep and needed to sell. Um, and I, I kind of 
tilted my head a little bit. I'm like, this is a pretty, this is a pretty deep team. I mean, you uh, give them a pasha. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the the team definitely has has more depth than you know. We're we're not we're not considering bringing Dimitri Yaskin in off waivers. No, we got to hope not. <laughs> well, actually, I think he actually might be traded for Carl Hagelin tomorrow. I think yeah. that's been the rumbling. Has it? Uh, oh. did, because Devonte Smith Pelly actually was put on waivers. It was a mix up that's there. That's right. There's an interesting uh, circle in Capitals writers. They all thought, "Oh, Yaskin's getting put on waivers because he's not practicing." Well, he he still be they had it out. But yeah, I don't. With all respect to Dimitri Yaskin, he's a very nice guy, but I don't think he, he even belongs on this uh, on this roster with the the depth that they have down low. Remember when they used to have like Marcel Gotch and like Derek <laughs> yes. Roy, yes. and and we called that team deep it was it's ridiculous to see the amount of talent that they have right now when you look back at the playoff teams of 2014 and 2015 that's that's what's funny is that i look back at that 2014 roster and i tell people that now we believed that was a stanley cup caliber team you look at that roster now and you say really we thought that was a stanley cup team ken hitchcock can mask a lot of problems for so long but as the oilers can find out it's there's just not talent there. There's not effort there. You're going to find yourself on the wrong end. Mm-hmm. So uh, you've uh, you've been doing a, a podcast with uh, Mr. Rutherford, the uh, Blue Line podcast. Yeah, who sucks? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 and anyway, uh, you uh, that's uh, which is it's. I mean, if you haven't listened to it, it's uh, it's uh, it's quite good. Um, so how, how's that um, how's that going for you guys? You uh, you do you enjoy the podcasting <clears throat> world? I think so, and it's just as much as I joke about it. Jeremy Rutherford has been just a guy who I've looked up in the journalism industry for years, and he and you guys know this as well as I uh, that he has just some great coverage in his move from the Post Dispatch to the Athletic, offering me this chance to work with him side by side doing this show. It's it's been fantastic, and he's just such a such a great hockey mind, and I think that he comes at it from the perspective of of not really not necessarily a beat writer because of course he, he grew up in St. Louis. He's got the, every single type of information because he knows everybody in your area. And then it's me who's kind of the more fan perspective who, who becomes a little emotional on the podcast. If, if the team's doing uh, not so great. And if they are right now, it's a, it's a pretty fun dynamic and I'm glad uh, you're a fan of it, Kurt. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It's uh, I, I, so I, I've known Jeremy for years and, and we, you know, not to pump his tires more, but I, uh, yeah, he, He's a guy I respected when I was in the press box. Guy that uh, always, he always kind of, he kind of always made you feel welcomed at all times, and um, always kind of makes you feel like, uh, you know, like he's one of those guys that you talk to him and you kind of feel like an instant connection. Like he's a friend of yours, like longtime friend. It's it's a it's a weird dichotomy with him, um, and I think it comes across very well on your guys's podcast. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I just want to point out we make jokes about jeremy but uh jeremy is uh, uh one of the nicest guys I've ever met in my life i know stl blues history says the same thing and um you know it, i'm sure it's quite the honor for you to work with him thanks jeff i appreciate that but yeah and it's weird because when when you're growing up and i've always wanted to be in this industry i wanted to be a play-by-play broadcaster since i was two years old and to to meet some of the people in that industry i won't name drop too hard and you know they say never meet your heroes but everybody that i've interacted with it's so crazy but they're as nice as can be and as welcoming and helping as they can be for me in my young broadcasting career it's just it's it you want to pinch yourself sometimes because you just don't think it's real and, and Jeremy personifies that too. 
Uh, where can everyone find you on online on Twitter and, and the show, your, your podcast, where can they find you? Yeah. So on Twitter, it's at CMS underscore the number 74 underscore. And that of course is a great homage to TJ Oshie when I was 14 years old. Um, he was my favorite player with those frosted tips coming into the league in 05, <laughs> that goal against Vancouver on Luongo, I believe in 2009, one of the best goals of the year, uh, that regular season. Um, and then the show can be found uh, on The Athletic, um, but you could also find it on iTunes by searching The Athletic St. Louis and then on SoundCloud by doing the same thing. I believe we're going to put out uh, our next episode next week after the trade deadline. So we don't really want to uh, have a show right before the trade deadline. I know Steve Dangle has that problem sometimes. We record a podcast and then a big trade happens right after. So we don't want it to be too outdated. But like I said, I don't expect the Blues to make any moves. But yeah, that's where you can find me on there. A lot of people, like you alluded to, Kurt, I'm kind of the gift guy on Twitter. So, hey, if, if you see a play, you need a gift, DM me, tweet to me. I'm usually really, uh, really good on those things. And I appreciate the support on there from people who like that type, uh, that type of work. Yeah, Christiana, we've we've kind of followed your uh, your career a little bit here with you coming on the show. Uh, I mean, this is your third time. Uh, so a couple of years now. And, um, you know, just all the congrats for, for everything that you've accomplished so far and for everything that you will. Uh, just keep up the good work. Thanks a lot, Jeff. And to you guys as well, you guys do a hell of a job on this show. And I'd love to come back anytime you guys want. Hopefully, maybe next time it's in the playoffs. Who knows? Hmm. Well, yeah. we're looking to replace one of our hosts. You're right. welcome to join. And we can, and oh, we, no. and we really, I mean, you're on a, every two year schedule with our show. So, I mean, in the playoffs and maybe two years, we can come back on. <laughs> no, no, no. We'll, we'll, uh, that'd be, that'd be cool. Uh, yeah, we'll try and, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, talk about uh, maybe having you on in the playoffs. That'd be kind of cool. Absolutely, guys. Hey, thanks again for having me on. And hey, go Blues. We'll see what happens tomorrow if they can make it 12 straight. I believe, uh, what was it? I don't know what's the record. Maybe 17 games for a team in the NHL is the record. So they're they're right around there. It'd be pretty incredible uh, if they pull it off. Yeah. I, Tell you I, what, if they, if they hit 18, we'll have you back on. All right. Hey, sounds good. It locked me in right there. You guys are better than Jeremy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's a, and, uh, the, the, the parting shot. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good rest of your All day. Right, thank you, sir. See ya. Thanks, buddy. Cristiano Simonetta. Good guy. Always fun to talk to him. Yeah. Dude. Good guy. <laughs> Not so much JR, though. Yeah. <laughs> he, oh, he apparently is, <laughs> takes a lot of crap. I mean, this, this is clearly the most shit that's ever been talked on Jeremy Rutherford. Let, let me, I want to say that I did not talk shit about him whatsoever. <laughs> At least on the <laughs> That's That's on you guys. <laughs> well, uh, so a couple, couple comments here in the, uh, in the, the YouTube chat. Uh, Bob Rakowski says, uh, Seattle Spacehawks. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. I like it. Uh, that would be a great team name. It really would. It, actually, that is a sweet team. Name. Instant rivalry uh, with the Hawks. I'm, I mean, that's that's where it is. Right. Yeah. And then, and then uh, Aaron Knox says, Maxim Lafayette was a legend. <laughs> and, uh, and Jesse Hill says 17, which I think he's just the record? echoing that that is the record. Yeah. Cool. And uh, Mandarin Mellon said uh, he was a delight. And he was a delight. He's always a delight. He is. I've gotten to know him and his brother over the years. They're they're very good dudes, very good guys, very knowledgeable hockey fans too. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's got a he's got a voice for radio. And a uh, he's got, got a face he, for radio. He's got a face for TV. So yeah, there you he go. Does. He's easy on the eyes. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying. <laughs> 
<laughs> There's a lot of good sound bites from this episode. Yeah. We should we should record it. <laughs> Oops, I wasn't recording. We gotta start over. Somebody get Chris on the you phone. You know, some say that if you put that on a podcast, people would listen to it. What? No. <laughs> I saw a thing on Twitter the other night that uh, a did you know that a group of three or more white men together is called a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's good. And really, honestly, it's three or more blues fans together as a podcast because there's like 47 of them right now. Yeah, <laughs> but only one that matters. No, you're right. Oh, two. Two. We'll, we'll say we'll, two. Ex- we'll extend it out to uh, to Cristiano and uh, well, Jared's podcast. I was just we'll, going to we'll say wait. a blue line podcast. <laughs> right. We're not going to specify. All right. Yeah. Well, then you can you got, you got a 50-50 shot, right? So Um so yeah, eleven wins in a row. If uh, if you look in the Blues' wake, you'll see a mangled and dismembered uh, corpses of Anaheim, Columbus, Florida, Tampa Bay, Nashville, Nashville again, New Jersey, Arizona, Colorado, Minnesota, and Toronto, en route to hitting uh, eleven wins in a row for the first time in franchise history, setting a record last night. Um, I let my kids stay up and watch the uh, the end of the game with me. Um, they delayed and they wanted to watch it. So I said, okay, you know, you might watch history. So let's, let's do it. And, uh, yeah. And so I, I literally, well, not literally, because that would be weird. I figuratively blew the roof of the house after the blue scored in overtime. <laughs> so yeah, that was, and, uh, yeah, they got a kick out of that. They, they, uh, they, they talked about it for weeks. you with like, like the old, like, uh, Looney Tunes, uh, <laughs> yeah. acne box standing outside. All right, kids, here we go. Yeah, Ooh. well, if, if I'm the coyote, it's not going to work until I walk <laughs> around and then actually, you know, jump on top of the pile of explosives and then it explodes. When when, when the roadrunner actually pushes the handle down while I'm standing on it. That's what that's the way of it would Of course. Pay. And then you're going to chase the roadrunner and, and he's going to run into a tunnel, but then you're going to try to run into the tunnel, but it's actually just going to be a <laughs> painted Yeah, painted tunnel on a, on a big boulder, right? <laughs> meep, meep. That's, meep, meep. That's my childhood. <laughs> meep meep uh, uh no so this has been um i mean bill you uh and we'll get to the game here in a second the toronto game but um you had mentioned a couple weeks ago that uh it i don't remember which game it was but there was a game where uh, i think it was one of the overtime wins where you said that that was the loudest you'd yelled at a blues victory or a blues play in a long time last night that was me um I'll admit, when I admitted defeat, um, you know, I wasn't like negative, like, oh, fuck this team. But when they went down or when they uh, gave up the two goals in the third, I just kind of said, yeah, you know, it's been a nice run. Much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's been a yeah. nice run. It's been great. You know, we we said it last week. This team's not going to win every game the rest of the season. So I kind of admitted like, OK, you know, hey, you know, if they lose, that's cool. It'd be good if we can get a point in overtime here and at least like have an unbeaten and regulation streak going. But then when 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 O'Reilly and I, I broke this down on Twitter, I broke down the entire O'Reilly play to the best of my abilities, um, and everything about that play was so exciting. The minute he broke up the pass and skated down the shot, I lost my mind. I jumped up and screamed like it was like I was a a, a teenager watching Chris Pronger score against the Dallas stars in 2001 in game four. I mean, that was how excited I got. And it was, 
such an awesome feeling because like you said, Kurt, it's history. That's, that's a historic moment for this franchise. And to see that happen live and to see it happen with a guy who's been doing it all year. Oh my God. Such an awesome moment for, for blues fans. Uh, a few folks online, um, uh, you know, you, or like you call them folks, you can call them, um, asshats, you know, but they, I, I prefer stooges. It, it, stooges. It's funny because you know they'll they'll kind of spout off, and they'll say, "Oh, I knew that this team was going to do this. I I knew it." And I'm like, "The fuck you did." <clears throat> I mean, if so, <laughs> um, Doug Armstrong didn't even think the team was going to do this because he pretty much came out and said, "I'll listen for offers. I'll I'll, I'll entertain offers for for pretty much anybody. You know, just let, let you know, call me." Yeah. Um. So I'm probably one of the most optimistic guys you'll ever hate to meet. Uh, I, I I had accepted the Blues' uh, fate this year as as a really bad team that honestly should have been really good, and uh, which was extra frustrating. But uh, I, I, and this happened. Damn it! This happened to me with the Cardinals too. Uh, back when they uh, they won in 2006, uh, six, 11. eleven. Yeah, it was eleven. When they just snuck in, or six, whatever that was, when they just snuck in, and they, they six they, when they snuck in, they were those. Well, they snuck in both years. both years, but eleven was the year they were like, we're, they're done, they're done, and they got in, and they, they had the went, hot September. Yeah, but and I, I I remember texting my cousin. I'm like, when, after they lost, I'm like, that's it. It was against the Cubs, I think, and I'm like, that's it, we're done. I mean, I I, I that was it, done, sealed, signed, done, delivered, gone. So, and then they came back and won the fucking World Series. Um, so, and I, and I did the same thing this year. I, I like, I, I had accepted fate that this team was a really good team that was just playing really bad and they just weren't going to get much better. Right. And there that, was just for whatever reason, it didn't come together. Right. And, and it's it a chemistry sense, or the, yeah. I mean, it's one it, of those things that happens in professional sports. It's like it happens to the Rangers all the time. So they have all this money, all this talent. And they just don't put it together. Um, so yeah. And I, <laughs> So I'm I've I was wrong about that, and I I'm not ashamed to admit that. I'm happy to admit that I was wrong about that. Yeah, I mean, I, for me, I was like the the thing that I kept telling myself to get through games earlier this year was, you know what? They've got plenty of talent on this roster. They'll be able to make some moves. They'll be able to, you know, I, I don't know if Armstrong will still be sticking around, but whatever, whoever the GM is, they'll get somebody. They'll they'll, they'll trade him for him and and do a one for one and a couple swaps with draft picks, whatever. They could be back in the playoffs next year. I mean, that's what I was telling myself. Like, just get through this year, kind of like 06, and and see what happens in the summer. Maybe next year, you know, they're they're not going to give up their all their core. They're still in a win now mentality. They just got to retool a bit. That's what I was telling myself. Now it's like beyond my wildest dreams. Two months ago, I would have never thought we'd be talking about this team challenging for second. In the division, no way. What's your What's your greatest concern right now with the team uh, the, going going forward? Goaltending. Me too. Even I, though I hate to say it, I, well, yeah, I hate I, to say it. I agree with you, and I, I even though it's been phenomenal uh, for the past God knows, I mean, for how long in Bennington, and even a little before that with Allen, it's been really good. You're, st- I'm, I'm still. It's going to take a little while before I'm just waiting for that shoe to drop with. With Bennington, okay, well, he's coming down to earth because we talked about with Hammond, uh, with 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 the Semenita on uh, when he was on, 
that he had the um, amazing run, and then he fell off. Um, Brent Johnson, uh, we, uh, all these uh, marks that Bennington is hitting, we always talk about, oh, best mark since Brent Johnson. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, well, Brent Johnson had a nice little run there, um, but then he he didn't he didn't he wasn't long for the Blues and didn't he ended up backing up in Pittsburgh and uh, where else did he go? Uh, Washington. 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 So and he didn't really have much. Yeah. He didn't have a, as much success uh, later in his career as he did. Madison Square Garden and uh, St. Peter's. He was there for a while. <laughs> was he really? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, no, he's he's a no, it's, it's, broadcaster in Washington now. Is he? Yeah, from what I hear, he does actually a, a very good job. They like him there. But but no, I was going to say that. Uh, yeah, you mentioned the marks that 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 Bennington's hitting. Um, it's funny because you know first it was you know oh you know first goalie since Rich Perrant to get a shutout in his first start. And, you know, like, oh, it's okay, all right. You know, and then you see, oh, you know, first goalie since Brent Johnson to do this. And you're like, mm. but then he's hitting all these marks now where it's like, first goalie since Jake Allen to do this. And it's just like, I know that's right. For the longest time, we thought Jake Allen was the real deal. Well, he was supposed and to it, be. and that, He that, was supposed to be. That's, he was touted as that. And, they, and he played well. He played really well uh, early, early on. Um, and then and, had and, spurts of it, you know, after that. You want to talk about a goalie that that maybe you didn't expect to see this from and, and have the longevity. And I'm not saying this kind of play. I think we all agree there's no way Bennington keeps this up. But you think about a goalie that wasn't expected to do this in a Blues uniform, but then did it, Brian Elliott. You know, yeah, mm-hmm, I mean, right. you could easily say right, that, that Bennington is, is pulling all this stuff off. And yeah, he's the next Andrew Hammond. What if he's the next Brian Elliott? That's, Brian Elliott looked great and, in the Blues jersey his whole time here. Right. And the the conversations I've had with people at my office, more often than not, I keep going back to he, he is Brian Elliott. He is a fundamentally sound, quiet, like he, very efficient in motion, doesn't waste energy kind of guy. The opposite to Jake Allen. In, in terms of style of goaltending, plays the angles right, plays well in a system. And I, I think that his success is part because of him, but you know, he hit, he hit at the right time. The team was turning it around at the right time. He gave them confidence to do it. Sure. Um, but yeah, Brian Elliott is always the guy that I say, this, he, well, I actually, he's, he's that guy. I actually, Tweeted that out. I don't know. Was it like a week ago or something? I, I uh, that he's Brian Elliott two point oh. Oh, I didn't. I didn't call him. That. I said he. I mean, I suggested. I said, is Bennington Brian Elliott two point I mean, we don't know because Elliott came in here and not a lot was expected of him after his time in Colorado, where he wasn't you know near as good. Um, he had a nice start to Colorado. I think he played and got a bunch of starts, but then kind of fell off. Um. So I mean, who knows how long it's going to last? Nobody knows. It could be. It could end tomorrow. It could end tomorrow in Dallas, uh, or it could just. It could go on for a number of years. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll have to wait and see. Um, Bob Rakowski in the YouTube chat says, honestly, they're playing now the way I thought they'd play before Game One, but didn't think it was possible in December. I think that's the way a lot of people um, would say mm-hmm. they they were because. The, all the hype behind this team before the season started, there was a lot of people thought we were going to do good things. And I think, but I think we all 
had them pegged for third in the division mm -hmm. behind Winnipeg and Nashville still. We are yeah, who I they think, I think thought. Every, I think every one of us they were. Picked. Yeah, I think I think I had I think I had Winnipeg then Nashville and then uh, I think I had, that's what I had. Um, but you know, to be honest, I mean, they could catch Nashville. I mean, they're right there with them. So, right, the games in hand. Yeah, Nashville's not playing their best hockey of the year right now. They're not. We got games in hand. So, right. you know, and not to suggest that because of the games in hand differential, but Winnipeg had a took a beating tonight by Colorado. Oh, they're they they were was, losing two nothing. It was four nothing oh, the okay. last beginning of the third. The last I checked on to Colorado, huh? Mm. Yeah. Granted, it was in Colorado, and you know it didn't look like Hellebuck was having his uh, best game. Yeah, Hellebuck's pissing me off. My fantasy goalie, he was my keeper, asshole. He's not having a very good year. Ass hat. Sorry, ass hat. Ass hat. <clears throat> Uh, so uh, last night's game, we got off to a real nice start. It was like the business as usual for the Blues now lately. Schwartz and Pareko scoring the first up to nothing. Um, on Twitter, I saw some people uh, discrediting Steen's assist. I think Steen's a, a easy whipping boy because of his production uh, or lack thereof uh, for the past lack what, couple of years. He just had a kid. Well, he produced. <laughs> he produced like nobody's business. I get it. In that respect, but uh, you know, Steen's assist, and, and I think they were oh, well, it was a secondary assist. You know, it's not, you know, it's nothing right home. He made that whole play happen. I mean, he he fed, uh, who was it, uh, Bozak? He fed Bozak the puck off the boards, and that was a two one zero. So with, I mean, without that pass, that that goal doesn't happen. So I even I even commented when that happened to my wife. I go, that was one hell of a pass from Steen. Sure. Yeah. It was a beauty pass. And, and you mentioned, and I, I hate that when people use that as an argument. Oh, well, yeah, it's a secondary assist. You know who had a lot of secondary assists because of beautiful stretch passes? Chris fucking Pronger. <laughs> That's true. You're, you're, yeah. you're going to tell me that, that, oh, Chris Pronger, he only had secondary assists. Yeah, he's the one that got it out of the fucking zone and gave every single chance to the offense to score. Steen. Yeah, secondary assists do matter. Steen did the work on the boards and fed and, and just uh, slid the puck over to Bozak. All of a sudden, boom, two zero. So uh, that was a huge play. It was, a, it was a very. It wasn't. A, it wasn't like a, a, you know, weak assist. Right. Um, Situationally aware. You know. Yeah. That Muzzin uh, had bit it, and you know, and I think, there was an opportunity. And I think Steen. Uh, I think Steen has very good situational awareness. It's his uh, uh, execution execution of uh, finishing. Uh, uh, is you know is not as taken a hit. Yeah. So I, I think I, he's he's a, he's a very smart player. Right. My, very smart player. And I think too too much so. Like he and Petro, I think suffer from the same thing. They overthink it sometimes. Um, but that play setting up that two on zero in yeah. front. Yeah. I mean, it was a simple little play, but it was. I mean, it was just. It was just. It was just a. It was a good play. I mean, you can't discredit that play. And on uh, on the power play. Uh, Preko's wrist shot from the point went uh, post back crossbar and out, and uh, before anybody knew it, yeah, nobody knew it. Um, I did. I mean, it's hard. It's almost impossible to tell at full speed. Just so quick. Um, Toronto had to call down to have them uh, stop play to tell them this was a good goal. I love that too when it's in your favor, where the all of a sudden the horn blows during play for no reason. Yeah. It's not. It's not a whistle. It's the horn. <laughs> so no, that's, I mean, that was, and the irony oh, someone of scored a goal. Toronto calling to uh -huh. tell Toronto, yeah. that they just gave up a goal. <laughs> yeah, that that was that was something I actually loved hearing on the broadcast. Was uh, you know I think a lot of times you hear that that horn go and 
and you kind of say, oh, shit, you know, what, what play was it? You know, maybe the other team came close. Maybe, you know, it was a back-and-forth situation. But with the Blues having all that pressure on the power play, yeah. you hear the horn go, and the entire arena erupted in applause. They knew right away. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, Pareko must have just scored. Yeah. That was that was a good moment. Yeah, and it was weird because when I watched it at full speed, I, I assumed it was posting up because it was so quick. And then I was like, uh, oh, they, they called, they're they going to call that a goal? Really? It didn't look like a goal. <laughs> but, no, it was a goal. You watch the replay, and it's clear. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a be- I mean, that was a beauty shot. Yeah, and the, the, the angle which the puck came out, yeah, I should have known, you know, that it was a, it was a goal. Well, and then, I mean, it's funny, too, because they even use that behind the net, uh, if you're watching on NBA, uh, NHL NBC, uh, they use the angle behind the net. So that's the angle where if you're watching live, you should be able to say, okay, yeah, that went in the net. No, nobody could tell. No, it was tell me, so I don't think one person could tell that one in the net. So fast. It was just, I mean, in and out. He just, I mean, you know. And it was a snapshot. It wasn't even a slapper. No, it was Pareko. Guy's eight foot tall, and the, <laughs> um, and then in the third period, Toronto comes back and no scoring in the second, uh, which Toronto started to play much better in the second period, um, and but then the Blues held them off the board. I'm, okay, good, you know, two goal lead going in the third period. We're at home, uh, you know, Toronto made some adjustments and they came back in the second and uh, played much better. In the third period, thinking, okay, well, the Blues will make some adjustments, and then we, we talked about a couple of. Uh, Flukyish goals uh, mm-hmm. went in on uh, on the Blues. Uh, well, one wasn't. I guess it was it was fluky, but the whole point, the, the first one, Hyman's goal was uh, the 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 whole reason that play even happened was because of Petrangelo's just that mishandling the, the puck, coughing the puck up for no reason. It just yeah. got, just got, he just lost it, and it just and it uh, overhandled it in the middle of the slot and pushed the puck yep. back where high two, slot. Right, two guys are below <clears throat> any Blues defender. Just that was frustrating. Yeah, I was just saying, and, and that what what ticked me off about that goal. I mean, yeah, okay, mistakes are going to happen, right? But you really now the shutout streak is broke. So it's like, oh, the shutout streak's broke on a on a fucking shitty ass turnover that then is then the puck is then centered and goes off Edmondson's stick. He's trying to cover up for the on the the, the pass across the the top of the crease. And it's off his stick and, and by Bennington. It's like, oh, god damn it. Not only is it a bad turnover, but then Emerson tries to get back and and uh, and puts it in his own net. That that that, that just that it's a shitty goal to give up that that uh, cost the uh, the streak. But well, but, uh, especially considering too, and, and you know, we you know, you kind of mentioned it there that in that second period, not only did Jordan Bennington play so well, I mean, just he's played so well this whole streak, but he really stepped up in the second period, but not only him. The defense looked so good. I mean, they yes, they the they Maple Leafs, they're a prolific team. They're going to get great chances. But, I mean, there was no secondary chances. Defense was clearing the puck to the corners. They were, uh, you know, they were shots out high, weren't getting to the net. Um, just phenomenal defense through and through. I mean, this is a team that, that hasn't allowed a goal in over three and a half games. I mean, you know, you, you can see it in their play, and, and they're playing a, a team that, Surprisingly, they shut out earlier in the year when they were struggling. So it's like, man, they're they're gonna do it again. And they looked. I mean, you really were confident before that goal went in. They're going to do it again. They're going to get another shutout. And uh, you know, it's a shame it it happened that way. But then again, that's the way it works in hockey. I mean, you have a zero zero game go to overtime. 
it's a fluky goal that's going to win. I mean, Braden Shen proved that a couple weeks ago against Tampa. Um, I wouldn't call it a fluky goal. You call it a fluky goal? Shen's a, a I don't want to say fluky, arm? but but come on, that's one that Vasilevsky would have had in the yeah. first through third periods. Leaky, leaky, yeah, leaky. leaky. Yeah, it went through it. It went goal. through him. Yeah, okay. A, a jakey goal. <laughs> oh jeez. Sorry. Um, anyway, sorry. I don't want to. Yeah, we we'll get hate mail. <laughs> Damn it, so I much said for I was be, be right, so much for being Mr. Positive. <laughs> and uh, make matters worse uh, in this game, Matthews scores 31 seconds after that goal. And uh, on a point shot that went off Matthews' skate in the net. So that one wasn't exactly fluky. It was just off a guy's skate and, and in, but, uh, which happens. And the Blues challenged and lost. The goal stood. And all of a sudden it's 2-2. Bennington makes a couple of dandy saves. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, that the, one pass across, the, that, that, right. that floater, uh, saucer yeah. pass. Yeah, Marner to Brown. Yeah, God. my God. That was a good and, – and What le- a sick pass. Sick, sick pass, and uh, I thought yeah. for a second that five hole was open, but it, it got closed. He closed it. Holy yeah. cow. Yeah, hell of a save. Yes. So And the game saver. And, and that's that's yeah. something else to, to mention, too, is that Mitch Marner was playing on a different yeah, level last night. Yeah, he was. No kidding. I mean, I really thought, I'm like, that dude is going to score four goals in the third period. And, again, credit to the Blues defense and credit to Bennington. They, they played him well. Well, and and he earned the start in overtime uh, because yeah. of his play. And uh, <clears throat> so, and it, <laughs> O'Reilly's overtime winner. I know, Jeff, you broke it down in detail on Twitter. Um, what what, uh, what When O'Reilly brought this puck down, I'm thinking – uh, on his two-on-one, I, I'm thinking, well, Tarasenko's on his off wing. Don't pass it. Because I, I, I mean, Tarasenko's a lefty on left wing. He's got he's to receive the puck across his body and take a shot, and he's, he, I mean, he's going to be at, an, at, a, at a bad angle. I mean, O'Reilly had the angle, and I'm thinking, yes, Tarasenko, all this is going to my head in like three seconds. But it's like, you know, take the shot. And he, uh, man, God, bar down. That was a great shot. Beauty, beauty shot. Beauty I mean, shot. You, and you, you close that or you, uh, you slow that down. You can tell that that he's he's making them think pass, and that's what I loved about that play <clears> because well, his body position looked so awkward when he took that shot. But that's you could tell that that's what he was planning on doing. I mean, that's that's what any good player does when they shoot on a two on one is they make it seem first that they're going to make the pass, but then they they just rip a shot. I mean, I. In my men's league games, I I try to to not even look at the net. I'm always looking at my teammate, and then I'll wrist it. And it's like, oh man, I just made a really good play. But it's like, nah, you probably didn't. You probably your body position was probably terrible, and you probably showed shot the whole way. Yeah, yeah he's not Ryan. O, Ryan O'Reilly, he was showing pass half the way there, and then he just rips this beautiful shot right over the glove or right over right down under the bar. It was beautiful. Yeah, he's not. He's not. Uh... He didn't lay into that shot. He didn't. Uh, he wasn't in shooting position. He was stick handling <clears throat> into the shot. He was stick handling, and then it was all wrist, all wrist. He didn't. He didn't uh, uh, kick his leg out when he shot, like uh, you know you, you do when you take when you take shots. It was all. He's just like, okay, I'm passing. I'm gonna slip a pass, and boom, no, just take a shot. And it's, it was all wrist and arms. It was. It was his lower body didn't move. I wonder what kind of exercise he does to get that kind of wrist action. I'm gonna guess. He uh, must be. He must work he out. He must work out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. But yeah, no. But I was saying, I like I said before, I, I I'm like I I don't think he. I mean, I I'm like, oh Tarasenko, pass him. Wait, 
left wing. I don't like it. And I'm like, oh, what's going to do? So I'm like, oh, good. He shot because it was, and then it went in. So obviously. No, and let's, let's, again, let's, let's focus on what happened before that too with O'Reilly. Yes. That, that, that play, uh, Mitch Marner is circling the net. John Tavares is wide open in the slot. Um, and, and let's face it. I mean, as good as Bennington's been, Tavares in the slot with no one on him, he's going to beat him nine times out of 10. Do you know what that shot with that shot though, with that pass? I thought when I looked at the replay, I thought that pass was going to be on uh, Tavares' back end. I mean, he was all alone, but I thought the angle of that pass was going to be on his back end. Maybe, maybe I was wrong, but I thought it I would, don't know. And maybe you for, might have been right, but but still, yeah, I know that's still John Tavares in the slot yeah. on a rookie goaltender. Sure. I mean, that's 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 a good chance that the game's over right there, and then Ryan O'Reilly sweeps in and makes that that defensive play. I mean, you can you can look at that and say, well, yeah, I mean, that's the only play he could have made in his position, but I mean. To get his blade on the on the puck the way he did, and and then not even to like swipe it back at Marner to where Marner has another chance to get the puck in front. He, I mean, he did everything he could to make sure Marner had no chance of getting that puck after he swiped it away and gave him a lane to to, to skate down the ice and and create that two on one with Tarasenko. I mean, just a all around just a beautiful play from Ryan O'Reilly. Really showed his talent at both ends of the ice. I don't think there's a goalie in the league that stops that shot. No, that's a that's an almost impossible shot to stop. No, no, that, unless he comes out so far and then you're dead in the water. Or just right. you know, All go he's around and do is deek sure, around. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I thought I thought for as well as great as Mitch Marner played throughout the game, it, it uh, probably wasn't his best option to pass there. Obviously, you want to get it to John Tavares when you can, but yeah, I. <clears throat> I, I thought I, I, I thought I thought like the idea said, was good, but I didn't right, think the pass the, was good. Right, the execution wasn't good. Right, like yeah, like you said, it looked like it was going to wind him, push, forcing him onto his backhand. Yeah, not not the best option. And uh, Tavares, uh, you know, he didn't get a good turnaround, like a good quick turnaround to keep up with O'Reilly going the other way. I mean, yep. and that's that's the, to me, that's the beauty of the play by O'Reilly. Just a quick turn it and go, mm-hmm. and he pushed it, pushed the pace. Like I said, stick handled into the shot, which is difficult to do. Mm-hmm. And picked picked it. I'm perfect. And, and you've got Far down. You've got like Tarasenko. Yeah, you got Tarasenko as a decoy, basically, yeah. which is like the ultimate decoy. Yeah. So I mean, it could, yeah, I mean, I mean that that's that's Gretzky and Lemieux coming down the wing, right? And it's like, oh, okay, you know, not not comparing those two to them, but I'm just saying those two coming down. You're thinking, okay, well, Gretzky has the puck; he's going to pass to Lemieux. Nah, he can also shoot the puck pretty well too. Uh, Blues out shot Toronto forty-one to thirty-three. Bennington stopped thirty-one out of thirty-three. Uh, no penalty is called on the Blues in this game whatsoever. So that was uh, – and that's been kind of their M.O., which we'll talk about in a little bit, um, that the Blues uh, during this streak, they have not taken a lot of penalties. They've stayed out of the box. So even though Toronto's power play, you know, and they score a lot of goals. They're a high-scoring team, but their power play is middle of the road. So they're they're not, you know, lighting the world on fire in their power play. But still, uh, staying out of the box uh, is always a good thing, and the Blues have done that. And it's uh, been part of the reason why they've won 11 straight. Um, we talked about Bennington. Um, I you you can't say enough about him. Uh, Seventeen games played, fifteen games started, thirteen one and one, one six one GAA, nine three seven save percentage. 
Um, I, uh, and, uh, it's, I think it's 0.83. It's no, no, I'm sorry. That's not GAA. That's a uh, goal saved above average. 11.83 goals saved above average. So that's, and that's uh, very, very good. Uh, if you if you want some reference, goals saved above average, uh, Allen's is like negative seven or negative eight, and 11.8 is very, very good. Um, first rookie goalie in franchise history to win eight straight games. Uh, previous record was Brent Johnson, who won seven straight twice during the uh, 2000, 2001 season. I remember that season because uh, it was him and Turk, and I was, I remember thinking, I'm like, well, Johnson's playing better. Play him. Play play Johnson right. over Turek. And uh, and Johnson got a lot of starts that season because of that. He got a lot of starts that season, but he didn't get a start in that Colorado series until it was too no, late. Yeah. Oh, man. That Colorado series was a train wreck yeah. for Turek. Man. Yeah. yeah I, I remember well, I, was on, I was on uh, vacation down in New Orleans. Uh, luckily, able to find a, find a place where I could watch the game. Because, you know, this, uh, yeah, 2001 back when hockey wasn't popular everywhere and uh that fucking sackic penalty shot goal mm-hmm. that that defined that series for me i did i didn't know i could throw i couldn't throw my stick that was the exact line from roman turek after that i didn't series. know i couldn't throw my stick you said that yeah he, he threw his stick <laughs> yeah i know he that's threw why, it that, that's, that's why sackic got but the he said he, he said he didn't know you couldn't throw it they they asked him why he did that he said i didn't know i couldn't throw my stick Fuck. I like Megadeth. I didn't know that. I'd never heard that. At that point, I would have, if I was Joe Quinville, I would have said, "Okay, Brent, you're in game three. You know, Turk is such a was such a frustrating. He was. He may have been even more so than Allen. I, I, I probably because my my Turek, expectation. Yeah, and right. and and Turk did play. I mean, he won. Didn't they win the uh, Jennings or something? Uh, him right. and yeah, him and Belfour. Him. Be- or was no, it him he and, he won was here. It, they oh, won something here. Yeah. They won but, the Jennings or something here. It, it was fantastic. The first year here was fantastic. But I guess what, where where I was going with the Belfort comment, uh, the fact that we got him from the stars. Right. And he was a product of, he, Ken, he was probably the first NHL goalie product of Ken Hitchcock systems. And he was the most sought after goaltender when we got him. He was, a, I mean, he was like, well, he'd be a number one anywhere else and playing fantastic, but he stuck behind ball four. And that was, I remember when we got him, like, holy shit, we got to yep, I, I remember my dad called me, <laughs> called me. I think I was at school or a school function. <laughs> and he, he called me and said, Hey, like I had to like, I think a parent or a teacher had to give me the phone and say, hey, your dad's on the phone. I'm sitting there thinking, <laughs> oh, my God, somebody died. Somebody's in the hospital. You're the Blues got? They got Roman Turek. They're going to win the cup this year. I mean, it was it was a big deal. It was a big deal. Um, the only other goalies besides Jordan Bennington to have 10-plus wins and a lower than 1.6 GAA in his first 17 starts as a Blue, Brent Johnson. <laughs> Uh, I, I I hate that so much. I do too. <laughs> honestly, I mean, I know you guys were just saying that no one you would have given the starts to Johnson. I was never a fan of Brent Johnson. I thought oh. his style drove me insane. Well, but Turek was struggling at the time, right? And I was like, and and I'm like, well, play the guy who's playing better. That that was my take at the time. I, I was not a. Yeah. I, I, he made me nervous, but I was like, but he's playing better. 
Yeah. No, okay. I. So I think this is right after Julie and I got together and started going to hockey games. This was Oak Hill era. We were, this is Oak Hill yeah. era, and Brent Johnson was her her favorite blues player at the time. Wow. So that was so. She, that was his one fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so I I begrudgingly had to root for him, but I I thought he was a I thought he was a better option in that Colorado series. Yeah, um, I yeah. Yeah. I don't Roman know. I guess 3 goals, 3 goals in 78 uh seconds, right? Yeah. Game 4? Yeah. I I don't know. I just brutal. Yeah, I mean, uh, that was it. Was it uh, you that posted the the video the other night uh, showing, or was it Low Def Blues showing the um, the Roman Turek making the save on the similar shot that Owen Nolan scored oh, shot from center ice, no, dipping. It yeah, it it was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> God, it gave me gave me heartburn just watching. Uh, Let's get back to positivity, please. <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to get in a deep, dark place. Po- positivity. Positivity. Uh, four, 14 total games in February, which was supposed to be uh, our toughest month, and they are 10-0 and 0 so far this month with four games left. Uh, the 10-point uh, lead on the next closest teams trying to get in the playoffs, Colorado, Arizona, Chicago. That was before tonight. Uh, they're all tied with 59, which uh, Chicago won, so they have 61 now. Uh, Colorado so, won. Real, real quick, real yep. quick. Uh, my brother-in-law has been texting me after every win in February with uh, hashtag UF, undefeated February. Mm. And he has asked me to please try and get that trending because, quote-unquote, I'm so famous. (laughs) First of all, son, no, I'm not. Second of all, I don't know if it's going to work. So I've tweeted it a couple times, (laughs) but give my uh, brother-in-law, give him some love, hashtag UF after Blues wins. Uh, during the 11 game streak, we are, the Blues are second in the NHL in goals scored with 43, one behind Chicago. This was before tonight. Uh, second best in goals against with 16, one behind the Islanders who have 15. Sixth fewest times shorthanded, which is 25th, which I leads back to what I said earlier about the Blues, uh, you know, staying out of the box for the most part, which has been good. So, uh, and it has helped six points behind Nashville, three games in hand. And we play Nashville again on Tuesday in St. Louis, which will be, man, that'd be a good game to go to. <laughs> Tuesday against Nashville again. So since January 3rd, the Blues have went from 31st place to 13th place in the NHL, passing 18 teams in less than seven weeks. 18 teams. League-wide. It's insanity. Isn't that nuts? I, I, you know what? It's not insanity, Bill. <laughs> it's been sanity. Ah. Oh, Where's that gift for the guy pointing to his head? I need that right now. <laughs> the Blues haven't trailed in a game since February 5th, which uh 493 minutes and 42 seconds. So I got some stats here for you guys. Uh, the Blues all-time streaks of not trailing in a game. This is tops by 70, almost 70 minutes. Almost it's over a game. So, but the NHL records uh, for teams. That have streaks of not trailing in a game, the Blues are what 13 seconds behind the 10th place team, which is Edmonton, from 1981. So and so these top top 10 teams, the the first place team, the Chicago in 2015, 2016 season, 
they went without trailing for 648 minutes and 50 seconds. That's ridiculous. That's over. That's almost. It's almost 11 games, or it's almost. Uh, yeah, almost 11 games. I, I, I don't probably don't count overtimes, but still, that's nuts. But so, of those 10 teams, uh, three have won cups. Um, it's all ran. It's all over the place. Three won cups. Three were out in the first round. <laughs> um, four out in the first round. Um, a couple in the conference round. But but three of the ten won cups. Did all make the playoffs. They all made the playoffs. All ten made the playoffs. So that's uh, that's encouraging. Well, we proved last year with the uh, with the Blues who uh, uh, we are, the, the the thing is they say that by thanks by American Thanksgiving. Uh, the teams that are in the playoff picture remain in the playoff picture. Yeah. And the Blues were the one exception last year. The Blues will probably continue to prove <laughs> that they will be the exception. But <laughs> let's hope not. Right. Um, it's funny. Uh, let's see. Montreal, three three of those teams on that uh, top 10 list are Montreal. 91, 77, and 68. And uh, two of the cup teams were Montreal. So, Well... Which is not surprising. Not surprising given twenty five. Yes, right. If 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 someone were to tell me, hey, in some random year, hey, who won the cup in nineteen sixty four? Oh, Montreal. <laughs> That's how I would guess. Yeah, that might have been Blackhawks actually. I don't know. But you know, with so many cups, it's your 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 odds the odds are in your favor. Um Was it the Black Space Hawks? It would have been the Black Space Hawks. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like a like a comic book guild for uh, urban youth. <laughs> oh man! I think we have a new hashtag. hashtag <laughs> Why not Bennington? hashtag Black Space Hawks. Yeah, I guess uh, STL Blues history isn't uh, watching the show tonight because uh, he has not responded with the Why the space and the Black Space Black Space Hawks. He's not Black Space Hawks history. He's he not Blues. That's history. true. That's true. But I'm I'm sure he has connections. You're dead to me. I'm, history. I'm sure he has connections with CHI Blackhawks history, <laughs> right? <laughs> Psh, it, it, that could be a thing. I didn't even look. Um, the uh, you guys want to open the show up here? Send a link out. Just yeah, why not? Just, let's real open quick, it up. real quick. Yeah. Let's hear some. Let's hear some positivity from other people. Let's uh. Let's see. Meanwhile, Kirk wait, will sit here wait, and probably mention we... the Steve Eiserman goal. <laughs> <laughs> can can we um, put a condition on this that we're not going to talk stupid hockey trades? Uh, one man's stupid hockey trade is another man's good well, hockey trade. I'm just saying, no hypothetical hockey trades. Words of wisdom from Kurt Price. Only hockey (laughs) trades that have actually occurred or been Uh, tweeted about by major media. And by major media, I don't mean Eklund. How long has that guy been doing stuff? There we go. There used to be a great website called uh, uh, HockeyBuzzHogwash.com. I don't know if it's still around, but it used to keep track of how many uh, uh, trades the site got right versus how many they got wrong. And it was like, the the last time I saw it, which was probably about five years ago, it was at like 93% incorrect. Well, you know what, though? he he uh, He's not a right or wrong guy. He's an E5, E4, E3. So it's like, what what at what point is he predicting the trade's going to happen? Oh, E2. 
or E3, whatever. What's it was E1 like likely or E5 likely? Whatever. He if, if it's like E3, is that is he saying it's going to happen, or how, where do you where do you put that on the scale? We uh, when I used to work for Total Hockey, we had <clears throat> quite the scale of what E1 through E5 meant. I honestly, it is so graphic that I cannot share it on this show. Believe it or not. But uh, let's just say E1 was uh, he had a wet dream of uh, somebody of that player uh, in, in his dreams. Uh, and then it was just built from there. So you can imagine where it goes from E1 wet dream to E5. Uh, <clears throat> Nicholas Smith in the YouTube chat. Oh, by the way, I, I tweeted out the link to join us uh, on the show. If you want to jump on the show and uh, talk some hockey with us uh, quickly. Uh, give your two cents on whatever you'd like. Uh, the link is on Twitter at LGB Radio. Um, the Nicholas Smith in the uh, YouTube chat said, "Who do you start next three games? Benny in Dallas, and then Saturday, and Jake in Minnesota on Saturday, or Allen both away games?" Uh, you know what? <clears throat> I would start uh, Bennington against Dallas. I would start Bennington against Boston, and I would start Allen against Minnesota on the road. What do you guys say? Because uh, Dallas is on the road, Boston's at home, mm-hmm. Minnesota's on the road. Yeah, I I go with you. I go with what you say. You don't. <clears throat> Bennington came back strong after giving up two flukish goals. Uh, not his fault. No. Yeah, not his fault. Not close. No reason to put Jake Allen in the in a uh, pretty important game as far as uh, keeping the Dallas the pace in the space. Yeah, with the stars, and you know, I said this to start the month. Uh, I, I said that. Well, I mean, I would. I, I don't stick to it. That I'll give Allenton one of the starts in the back in the home and the home, the back to backs, mm. and then pretty much uh, Allen gets the rest for me. And my, yeah. for my Did money. you just call him Allen? I'm sorry, Allen. Bennington. <laughs> Bennington gets the rest for the most part, uh, but the only guarantee starts for me. Uh, like our uh, schedule starts mm. are back to backs. Yeah. yeah. One of them. Yeah. Hashtag why not Allenton? Yeah. <laughs> Allentown. Kurt's, Kurt's such a big Billy Joel fan. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes, I oh. am. It's, it's... I will say I drove through Allentown listening to Allentown, and that was quite the moment. I am going to try for an Uptown Girl, so got that going for me. <laughs> well, you, you are a downtown man. Right. Well, <laughs> which has other meanings nowadays. <laughs> JV Ben uh, is no, not. I'm, I'm... <laughs> I'm with you guys. Uh, I start Bennington tomorrow. I start Bennington Saturday, and then Jake on the road against uh, a lowly Minnesota team. Who is? Who, uh, who is? Yeah. Who is? Uh, kind of not. I mean, would you say they're selling? There? I mean, I yeah. think they're selling. They're selling. I, I I like that trade for them because I think uh, Ryan Donato can can contribute now, but I think that's more of a let's see what he can do in a full season <laughs> next year for us type move. Yeah, I think when Koivu went down, they uh, they were done. Um, well, they're one. Yeah. They're, they've only won one of the last ten. Yeah, and uh, they they's gonna get passed. They just did by yeah. Chicago tonight. So yeah, um, a colleague of mine up in Minnesota um, was texting with him tonight. Uh, I've met him. Yes, yes, you did at Center Ice Brewery. <clears throat> I did. 
Um, he, uh, yeah, he, so he's back up there and he's back in full wild mode, at least until tonight. And he's, uh, he texted me, um, it's how I learned of the, uh, coil trade. And he said, yeah, I'm done. I'm, I'm not going to watch anymore. Well, he was the only guy I liked on this team and they just suck. So yeah, they're just not fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like they rehired Mike O or something. <laughs> Ooh. Now, it reminds me of when the, the Blues in 06, it was kind of like, okay, well, you know, Mike Sillinger is having a really good year. Keith Kachuk's still with the team. Doug Waite's looking okay. I think Sillinger was the first of those three guys to go, and that was when I was just kind of like, yeah, I'll watch the games in the background. I'll get drunk during the games because I'm a college kid. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to care too much what happens to this team the rest of the year, so... I know how it feels. We've we've all been there as Blues fans. Sorry, but that was much earlier on for Blues fans. That was like December when Blues fans gave up on that year. I had something I was going to say, and I uh, oh traded. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, trade deadline, uh, which we talked. Uh, Cristiano uh, mentioned uh, his thoughts on the trade deadline. One of my favorite days of the year. Even though the deadline days uh, are rather quiet compared to pre-salary cap days, uh, but still fun to have both ears open and, and see the chatter and what's going on. Um, <clears throat> will the Blues do something? Should they do something? And uh, what do you think they should do, if anything? Uh, no, no, not, no. I, I, uh, I, I'm with Cristiano. Uh, we talked about this a little bit last week. That uh, I think they're set right now i mean this this team looks good ryan o'reilly said it last week we talked about that uh that tweet that uh conversation he had with whoever the reporter was uh they look good um and you know i know we make jokes about david perron coming back is going to be like making a trade but i mean at the end of the day that is an upgrade i mean the guy has been great you know since he was benched in december uh, he hasn't been playing during the streak and, and he's going to come back and hopefully be able to still contribute. So, I mean, that's, that's another player that you're adding. And like Cristiano kind of said, I mean, uh, I never really thought of it that way until he said it, that, uh, you know, you're kind of seeing now it's, it's like they just got all the players they got in the summer and you're like, Oh wow, this team's actually going to make a run now because they just got Bozak and O'Reilly and, and maroon and they're performing a way that we thought they would all year. So, you know, in that sense, you don't need to add anyone. I mean, the only thing I would do again, I said this last week, I would listen. I would take, I would never as a GM, I would never turn off my phone. I would always listen to what other people are willing to offer me. I would at this point say there's only one player that I would try to get out from under. And I think anyone who's a regular listener to the show knows who I'm going to say. If you can get out of that Allen contract, you do it because it's going to help you long term. But outside of that, I don't. I don't make a move. What if? What if you can get? And this is something I was going to ask you. And Bob Rakowski in the YouTube chat said, uh, "Fabry for picks." What or pick? Probably wouldn't get multiple picks. But if you can get, mm-hmm. if you can get, a, which I think might be a little high, a third round pick for Fabry, would you take it? No. I'd do it. No, I. I would not. I would not. I would. <clears throat> you want him as a depth guy? I for, want him as a depth guy. I, yeah. I, the way, I mean, I, I'm we've, a, we had we had a bad injury situation at the beginning of the year. It's, it's not perfect with, you know, Perron being out right now. But 
come on, let's don't this this out of any roster just in maybe it's the recency bias of the eleven game winning streak, but I, I don't want to fuck with this team at all. I I I'm with you. I <clears throat> I think uh, having Fabry to um, plug in as needed um, in the playoffs uh, if there's an injury well, <clears throat> or someone is struggling or whatever. I I like having Fabry to plug in uh, as a forward. I think he's worth more to this team uh, this season in that role, um, or even you know with uh, more of a role um, than a third round pick is in the future. Right, and and <clears throat> I honestly I after and I don't think you get you you that's like the right, most you get for him too. Right, right now. Well, I don't know because Brian Boyle got a second round pick. Yeah, but, but Fabry's had but, the injury. You know, yeah. Boyle also has has had more success over his career. Yeah, I. I I don't know. I just I, I thought that watching the game last night, I thought Fabry would have been a better pick on the fourth line than Pat Maroon. I thought I thought Maroon couldn't keep up with the speed. So I think if you can find a way to work him in for the teams that value speed over you know over size, you know I I thought that the fourth line was the least effective they've been over the last eleven games last night and see. I, see. The only the the only counterpoint I have to that, and because you guys make good points there, I still say you move Fabry if you can, because you still have Jordan Cairo waiting down there. And at this point, if I have the opportunity, I'm playing Cairo over Fabry anyway. And I know that, that maybe you're upsetting chemistry, you're upsetting the locker room, but I don't know. In in terms of that, I I think playoffs hit. I want to put Cairo in there over. Uh, over uh, 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 Fabry anyway. You know, Fabry had a good playoffs though a couple years ago against uh, was against uh, and when the Blues beat Chicago. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Chicago and, and yeah. played played. He, he's one of the few guys that played really well. He against played the a, Sharks. He had a really yeah, he good. He was insane against yeah, the Sharks. He had a really good playoffs, and I, you know, I mean, that's so you got that in your back pocket too. A guy who has had playoff success. Right. And so. I just I you know especially especially after watching the resurrection of Jay Bomis. <laughs> he he the guy like I I mean so how weird. many times did we <laughs> so did we just write him off and A thousand? Say, put him out the pasture, you know, so you know smother him in his sleep, whatever. And <laughs> he is come back. And, Elaine, what are you doing here? <laughs> awesome. awesome. Uh, seeing him recover from his injury, you know, I, I I have to believe that Fabry will find another gear. He just needs the time, and honestly, I think he needs more more opportunity playing. I don't know if there's a way you can get him down to the minors for a conditioning stint at this point. But get him some playing time. See if he can't find well, he did, that gear. He just and, played two games, right? But, and he played very well. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I, that was a question of uh, who was it on Twitter that posted it? Was it uh, Blues Rants? I think the uh, we need to probably get, we need to get post everything. Need, need to get need to get Fabry in the lineup. Uh, who's who who sits in front of plays Fabry? Like, and I responded like he just he just played two games. <laughs> Um, but yes, I, but I mean, so I don't know if, uh, uh, I, I, you know, I can totally see Armstrong trading him, but I would like to see him stay. And I, I don't know who else. I don't think Allen would go. I don't think, uh, Allen's going anywhere because of, uh, the, 
unknown future of Bennington. I mean, you don't know what you're going to get. I mean, in the coming week, even though he's been fantastic and looks so good, yeah. I just you're waiting for like I said before, you're, you're waiting for that to end mm-hmm. because past goalies have done this right. and and I love it and and I hope it continues. Um and it might, but there's a chance it won't. So right. I, I and, and Allen is a guy who has played well recently, so you could put him in there, and and hopefully that the team continues to play the way they're doing, uh, in front of him as they are in, Benning- in front of Bennington. So, yeah, I, I mean the only thing I would say to that I, again, I I agree. I think at the end of the day, you don't make any moves, but you know, I just if you make one or two, maybe Fabry, maybe Allen. The only way I would move Allen is if you're getting a, either in a, a separate trade. Or in that trade, you're getting another veteran goalie that you can yeah. rely on for yeah. win. Because let's face it, when Bennington comes back down to earth, I mean he he could still be a great goalie uh, in a Blues uniform, but he's never going to be able to keep up this pace. This is insane. No. No. I this is the, I mean if he does, he's going to be a Hall of Famer after right. three years. Only so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. This is the only time I can ever remember this happening before, where. It, turned out to be sustainable was Patrick Waugh. Right. And and like it, 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 he'll he'll be a Hall of Famer. Right. We'll have won a couple of cups if he keeps us up. I mean it's just he you if you're allowing one point six goals a game over the tenure of you know of years, it well, yeah, you're gonna win some cups. Right. So but then you know, three other names pop off the page to me as to it didn't sustain. Hashuk. Oh it didn't sustain, yeah. okay. Didn't sustain. Jim Carrey. Well, he uh, that was Lillian. one season though. I'm talking like over a few years. Um, uh, yeah, Jim Carrey, Patrick Lillian, and Andrew Hammond. Hammond was not even a season though. No, it was right. 21 games. Right. No, I I, I agree. Right. I was just talking if, if he does this over you know a number of years, then right. So and but but that's that we talked about Hammond. We talked and th- there's there's a lot there's more much more of a track record of of goalies doing this. Or close to this, small and then size and, and then and fading, it. disappearing from the league um, after the small sample size. Uh, then there are of goalies maintaining this or close to this, right? So well, no yeah. one's maintained this right. ever. And, so and, <laughs> so. It, I don't know. I I think you know we're all pretty high right now with uh, the success uh, of the last eleven games, and you know so it. it Recency bias, recency bias is really, you know. And and the reason why a lot of fans are so high on this is because we were so so desperate for this kind of goaltending, which, I mean, well, let's be honest, any team is desperate for this kind of goaltending. But from what we came from to what we're getting now, from Allen too now, it's just like what a rising tide uh, uh, lifts all boats or whatever, how the phrase goes. So I mean the 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 whole team everything except for the power play, <laughs> the, well, a couple of games ago was good but the, the the everything the defense's own coverage fantastic, uh, brilliant actually, right. um, eliminating high scoring uh, high danger scoring chances um, you don't see them as much anymore, uh, not even close. Um, they're they're scoring goals, they're they're. The, the, their neutral zone play is fantastic. They're suffo- They're playing suffocating. They're hard to play against. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's it's so uh, guys are responsible for their play and their and, and what they're supposed to do. Everyone knows what they're doing. The the it's just a. It's almost like this is two different seasons because the 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 way the season started for the Blues was just 
Well, it's it's the tale of two different years, right? Yeah, well... 2018 we talked, yeah. was a disaster. The entire calendar year. Yeah. Last season, after uh, January on, was a shit show. And then this season... A shit yo. Pretty much, you know, it was mid-December. Was it early December, mid-December? Pretty much the entire year was a shit show. And 2019 was great. <laughs> it has been great so far. So maybe it was just the year. That's 18 bizarre. was just a bad it's, year. It's just so bizarre that it coincides with that. Yeah, I don't I don't get it. Uh, I don't I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth too much. I I'll enjoy this while it lasts, but hopefully it lasts uh, a little while longer and through the uh regular season and then the playoffs. It'd be nice if it lasted through the playoffs. We've uh, got some YouTube comments here. Uh, uh Bob Rakowski says Fabry for picks, so I guess he's on my side. Uh Nicholas Smith says I'd love me some Jeff Skinner next to 90 and 91. Uh, but then Bob Rakowski retorts to that with no way I mess with the, he calls it the Oh shit line. <laughs> o, uh, S S C H I capital T. How, uh, how that's, that's pretty good. How pissed off would Buffalo fans be if we took Skinner? <laughs> oh, man. oh my God. We gave him Jake Allen for Jeff Skinner. <laughs> that, that would complete the, the Jason Botterill is the world's worst GM. Did we talk about, did we talk about, we've talked about Buffalo fans before with the whole Raleigh thing mm-hmm. and the, yeah, the shit have. they gave us earlier in the season when they mm-hmm. were, when they actually were first in the East mm-hmm. for a, a short, uh, like a, a couple of days. And then we were dead last. Right. And they gave us shit. Um, and uh, yeah, crickets now from Buffalo because they're probably going to miss the playoffs now. <laughs> they they kind of fell off the table and we went on a tear. And we're, I would be shocked if we missed the playoffs with the way things are going. Yeah. We're 10 points up. Well, eight points up now. We would have to go on the reverse. Nine points up. The reverse skid to right. the recent tear. Exactly. And, we're, and, and the teams that we have to catch us are playing like ass. And because what Dallas is sitting on the outside end looking in now, or yeah. Minnesota is. Um, Anaheim, Colorado. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're not Arizona. playing. They're not playing. But nobody's turning it up except for Chicago down there. So I, I'm not too concerned about anybody catching the Blues unless they catch fire, which could happen. Uh, so, so in in Bob's response when he says the oh shit line, uh, that was a conversation I had with uh, some hockey teammates last night. Of uh, what do you call that line? Because that's as hockey fans, that's something we're obsessed with is naming our good lines. And uh, you know, obviously the Blues have done that over the years. The best thing that I could come up with was um, oh, what did I call it? Oh, Tarashenko. That's the best I could do. Hmm. I don't know. You guys got anything for that? I don't. Why do Why do we have to name lines? Um, That's just something we've because always Because Sanford done. and Son is fun. Oshenko, is that what you said? Oshenko? Yeah. Or is it? Osh- o- Oterashenko. Oh. I like Oshenko. Oshenko's good. That's o- pretty good. Oshen and company. Oshen. Oh. Co. Co. Tarasenko. Ocean and Company, CO period. You know, it's about, like a yeah, business. Just Ocean and Co. Then Ocean, Ocean Co. Yeah. Okay. Like uh, cool like effect. like like Biff Co. But from Back to the Future, but Ocean Co. Biff Co. Ocean Co. That's the second Back to the Future reference on this show. Was it? We had another one. What was uh, it? Christiano yeah, Cristiano had one. had one. What did he say? Yeah. The Sports Almanac. 
I missed that. Yeah. What the fuck? It, and I'm sure it was it was inspired by the the notification that we hear all the time. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. Yep. <laughs> see, uh, see, Kurt, Bill, and I did this thing uh, called listening to the guest. Right. Well, I've got like sometime. I got like 14 things going on here, so I'm I, I I'm gonna give myself a pardon. I can Let do see that. Your hands. Uh, Turn no. Your hands. No. No. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, paper towel. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna make me a cheese sandwich <laughs> wash your hands and make me a cheese sandwich uh have you heard that joke jeff no guy walks into a bar and uh behind the bar there's a sign that says uh uh <laughs> get it right <laughs> get it right it says uh uh cheese sandwiches uh five dollars hand jobs ten dollars and the guy walks in and asks the bartender and he goes, Hey, are you the bartender that gives the hand jobs? And she goes, Why, yes, I am. And he goes, Well, wash your hands and make me a cheese sandwich. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good one. Classic. <laughs> yeah. Who who's who whose joke is that? That's a uh, shit. He's got a, uh, isn't that Bob Sacramento's joke? <laughs> Bob Sacramento? Uh, um, no, it's a guy who's got a kind of a southern uh, accent to his voice. He's a comedian. Shit, who is he? Oh, well. He's a, a sing songs, funny songs. Mm. Oh, well. Bobcat Goldthwait. No. No. <laughs> he died a long time ago. Didn't he die? No. no. He's dead. No. Bobcat's dead. No, he is not. <laughs> he's no, he's dead. not. You shut your mouth. <laughs> Bobcat Goldthwait's dead. You? He died. How dare you? He died you? like 10 years ago. In this case, Zed's no, he not. Oh, I'm thinking of, uh, what's his name? The guy who yelled, uh, Sam uh, yeah. Kinnison. Yeah, he died like 20 He died like 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. That's, ago. that's who I'm thinking of. They're the same guy to me. <laughs> Bobcat Goldthwait married one of the hottest women in Hollywood. It made no sense to me. Hmm. Nikki Cox. Oh, really? I have no idea if they're still together, but yeah, they met on that Unhappily Ever After show, and I remember being a kid and finding that out and saying, oh, that means I could be with anyone. Yeah, because <laughs> it's like it's like that, f- that fat, ugly NFL lineman who makes like, you know, $8 million a year, and he's married to this hot woman, and it's like, oh. Yeah, well, if he didn't play in the NFL and make $8 million a year, he's not getting hurt. Yeah, but Nikki Cox is, like, famous and makes money, too. Like, what are you doing? I don't know. Maybe is he's... Bobcat that funny? You know, he's... maybe... He's got to be packing, right? Maybe he's got uh, a little Tom Jones going on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It ain't unusual. Maybe not anyone. Mm. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, we just don't know how to wrap up shows. Do no, we? we not really. I mean, we're out of topics, and uh, we, we are like <laughs> we are like the Mel Brooks of podcasts. We have no idea how to end one. Well, our producer is going stretch. stretch. Yeah, we, we we have no producer. We don't um, have, we don't have people. We don't have Twitter folks. We don't have uh, staff. Something We're I it. actually We're it. forget to tell. Something I did forget to tell you that I wanted to to announce on this show 
so I will take this opportunity to do it now before we close up. Um, I've already told you guys what I'm planning on doing this summer for shows. Hopefully it's a short summer because hopefully the Blues have a long playoff run, but we will see. Uh, I've kind of teased it all year. I figured I'd go ahead and announce it now. For those of you that enjoyed the uh, Talking Blues summer interview series that I did last year, I will be doing something similar this summer. Uh, it is quite the undertaking. Uh, Kurt, you even said, holy shit, that's a lot of work. And I said, yep. Uh, but uh, I am actually planning on, so it'll definitely be 30 episodes. Uh, maybe more. We'll see. It depends on if I want to get a couple of the defunct teams involved. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm actually going to be getting a guest for uh, 30 shows. And it's going to be us discussing the Blues' history with that franchise. So it would be like, uh, you know, memorable playoff series, uh, maybe a memorable trade, uh, maybe, you know, uh, uh, who that person hates from the current Blues roster, maybe past roster, uh, whatever. Just kind of, you know, rapping with somebody about their team and their history with the St. Louis Blues. So it'll be another podcaster, a writer, uh, something in that realm. So uh, actually looking forward to that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, obviously, the, the episodes with the Chicago and Detroit series uh, will be a lot of fun. So I'm uh, I'm looking forward to doing that, uh, but we'll probably get started on that. Let's say June, because that means the Blues will have a long run. So let's hope. Who do you uh, envision getting from the Oakland Seals? I mean. Uh, <laughs> I can't even think of a name right now. <laughs> Who's, Who's Who's from Oakland? Owner? Huh? Who was their owner? I don't know who the owner was. He was he was infamous because he made him wear the white skates and infamous. Yeah, infamous. Infamous. (laughs) He's more than famous. Do you know what it means to have a plethora? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hey, so here we go. Here's this Uh, from Oakland. Tom Hanks. I'll get him on. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, Tom. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know Tom. The show. Mm Hmm. I know. Him. Uh, if uh, Tom's busy, I might call Zendaya. Maybe she's interested. <laughs> as long as we're talking announcements, we've got uh, which we I don't think we've talked about this. Um, Let's go Blues Radio. Well, we've talked about this, but I don't think we've talked about it in the air. Have we? Uh, Let's go Blues Radio is going to be joining uh, Yo Radio. Did we talk about this in the air? We huh? have not talked about this no. in the air. Okay. Uh, I, uh, they're very close to finalizing a, um, I can talk about this. <laughs> That's right. What? I, this is not a secret. Um, I don't think, um, I'll, 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 uh, I'll talk about it now and then, uh, ask for forgiveness later. Uh, the, so, uh, lineup media FM is, is putting together a, uh, yo radio, uh, well, they have a yo radio app and they're putting together a station on that, uh, streaming, uh, uh audio app that will be a hockey be a hockey station with and they'll just stream hockey podcasts and they're doing a blues station where they're going to take a number of the blues podcasts and stream them uh, just one after the other uh, in a loop I guess um, and so if you want to listen to some blues hockey talk you just download this Yo Radio app and you go to the blues station and you can just hear uh, the blues podcast like back to back which is kind of neat. So, and we're going to be part of that. So, um, and they were talking about uh, finalizing the uh, the deals for that very soon. I was told. 
which means I'm thinking the next couple weeks. So that's kind of that's kind of exciting, kind of cool. And we nothing will change here. We'll have the same uh, stream feed. Uh, we'll do the same the show the same way. Um, nothing's going to change for us, but we'll just be they'll be using our feed for a part of that show and a part of that station, which we're excited about. More listeners. Yeah, I mean you know, and it'd be kind of thing to just put on at work or whatever and just let it go. You know, then just you don't have to switch streams or whatnot or. From feed to feed and the, the, your podcast subscription is just yeah, kind of cool. We'll see how yeah, it works. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's something again that the, the most exciting part, I think, for our current listeners is you literally won't have to change a thing. Um, so you can listen to us the same way you listen to us now, but maybe it's more convenient for you to, to just tune in to, to Yo Radio. We don't exactly know how it's going to work yet. I mean, we're like, Kurt just said it's going to be on a loop, most likely. But you know, I don't know if it's going to be like a tune in every day at three o'clock right. for the latest Let's Go Blues Radio. We don't know if that's how it's going to be, but maybe that's more convenient for you. Maybe it'll hit you on your drive home or whatever. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it just means more ways to access us, which right. is uh, a very exciting, and I think that uh, uh, our listeners will benefit more than anyone. You like that? Our, our listeners will benefit more than any other show's listeners ever in the history of listeners. <laughs> uh, there's a uh, there's a reason that I work in uh, marketing, my yes. friend. Yes, you're the Emmy-winning wordsmith. <laughs> uh, anything else you guys are talking about? we got uh, no more YouTube chats, uh, any more tweets. I don't see any more. Uh, Chris Bray said, uh, tweeted, uh, are those framed Brett Hall comics from McDonald's in the background? And he's uh, referring to my my beer tweet that I of the show and in the background. Yes, those are Brett Hall comics. The Brett Hall comics from McDonald's back in the day. I got them uh, all three of them. Frame. I still have mine somewhere. I should probably put mine up too. Those are those are good. Yeah, I uh, mine are still in the plastic sleeves and uh, they're framed. So I I you know as a, I was excited to get them. I didn't get them that long ago, and I was excited because as a kid I only got I only had one of them. I don't know why I didn't get all three. Yeah, I got mine when my mom was in the we're getting rid of all of your garbage <laughs> collectible phase. So I, I didn't keep them for very long at all. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a little sad. Yeah. A lot of the stuff I have in the office here is stuff I've just uh, I accumulated over the years, and I, I couldn't throw anything blues with a blues logo on it away. Yeah. I, I got it, and I kept it. And... Uh, a lot of the stuff is just stuff I had in a box, and I just and I finally had room, and I put it all up. Yeah, so. tastefully. Yeah, it's, I you know that's, ex- that's exactly how I am. I've I've got so many bins and boxes full of blues memorabilia that that uh, my, like when we move every time, my wife is like, "Why do you have a box just labeled <laughs> blue shit?" <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sorry, but yeah, we're moving it. It's not going anywhere. I still have uh, a box of stuff that I just don't have room for. I, it, I mean, every wall in this in this my office here is it's got stuff all over it, and I don't have room for it all. Anyway, it's wall to wall. It's wall to wall. It's I, you know it's 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 my room. I can do whatever the fuck I want with it. <laughs> uh, okay, um, I guess that'll that'll do it for this week's show. 
So for Jeff Ponder and Bill Day, I'm Kurt Price. That will conclude this week's broadcast of Let's Go Blues Radio. Until next time, everyone, let's go blues. Let's go blues. Make it 12. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. <laughs> Louis Blues. St. Louis Blues. Have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun. They're on their way to number one. Now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The blues are on the ice tonight again. They're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friends.